Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Technically a Podcast. I'm your host, Mia, a professional web and software developer. As always, I'm joined by Ethan, who later on is going to give us the tech news that we need to know going into this week. But first, we're diving into the magical world of no-code app builders. Yes, you heard that right. No code as in, no, you don't need to spend sleepless nights learning Python or Java to build a fully functional web app or even a phone app. As much as I love my world of software development and the beauty of a well-crafted, cleanly coded app, I get it. Hiring a development team like Ethan and I to build fully customized software isn't always the most practical or affordable option. Not everyone has the time or the budget for a fully coded masterpiece. And if you're not a programmer yourself, it will be difficult to maintain your company's code base. Sometimes you need to get that functionality out there without breaking the bank or your brain. If it sounds like magic, it's because it kind of is. The stuff we're talking about is really, really cool. Although, we'll still give you the full picture and talk about impossible downsides as well. We're going to talk about how you can leverage these platforms to give your small business the kind of tech capabilities you might have thought were only possible with a full team of developers. But before we fully dive into that, let's kick things off by talking about the trusty old Google Sheets and Google Forms. Google Sheets is what I like to think about as the duct tape of the startup universe. I've worked with numerous clients who have run the better part of their operations using these tools. And no judgment here. Google Sheets and Forms are user-friendly, quick to set up. And that autosave feature is the unsung hero we didn't know we needed. But here's where things can get a little tricky. Once you start piling up all that data in your Google Sheets, it can be like filling a closet without any organization scheme. You know where everything is for the first week, and then all of a sudden you're swimming in a sea of disarray. Sheets upon sheets, tabs upon tabs, you get the picture. It's astonishing how quickly things can escalate from neat rows and columns to a labyrinth of cells that would make even Theseus scratch his head. And don't even get me started about duplicate and missing data. Trust me, even the most meticulous person can accidentally create duplicate entries. One minute you think you're on top of your game, the next you're staring at three rows that look suspiciously similar. Did I enter this already? Is this a new transaction? Uncertainty ensues, and now you're caught in a 2 a.m. data validation spiral questioning every cell like it's a suspect in a mystery novel. So, while these tools are fantastic for startups and small-scale operations, there comes a point where the lack of structure starts to tip the scales from helpful to downright chaotic. Relying solely on basic tools like Google Sheets for your growing business is like trying to fish with a net that has large holes. It works fine when you're only catching big fish, but as you scale up, you realize you're missing out on the smaller, valuable catches. At that point, you need a finer net, or better yet, a whole different fishing strategy to truly succeed. But if you're a big fan of Google Sheets, don't worry, you don't have to get rid of it altogether to level up your tech game. Trust me, my own Google Drive is a veritable treasure trove of spreadsheets that I cannot imagine parting with. You can continue to use Google Sheets for tasks where it shines, but also tap into powers of more specialized tools to cover the gaps. It's all about finding that sweet spot where you get the best of both worlds, making your life easier while optimizing your business operations. Stay tuned as we delve into some strategies for achieving just that. I remember working with one startup, super innovative ideas, very ambitious team, but they were drowning in Google Sheets and it was taking up a lot of their time to organize their data. They had tabs on tabs on tabs. In the beginning, it was the most convenient way to set up their database. But as things grew, things got messy. Duplicate entries, missing data, you name it. We had a person on the team stuck spending countless hours each week reconciling data between sheet A, B, C, and the ever-mysterious Sheet X, which nobody knew what it was, but everyone was too afraid to delete. I sat down with their team to get a handle on their whole setup, their goals, and importantly, their budget. Now, as much as I love diving into a custom coding project, we had to weigh the pros and cons. Custom code is cool, but it also means that you usually need a developer to build it, maintain it, update it, 
And let's not even get into the debugging part. It's like buying a fancy sports car. You're thrilled at first, but then you realize the maintenance and fuel costs can really add up. When I set out to help this client, my primary aim was to deliver a solution that would be a win financially. Situation was clear. They were bogged down by labor-intensive processes and messy data. They didn't have the resources to splash out on a high-cost custom software solution. The challenge was to ramp up their efficiency and functionality without making them dig deep into their pocket. After evaluating various options, we landed on a no-code platform with a twist. The database powering the setup? You guessed it. None other than Google Sheets. And here's why this was the right choice for them. It gave them the autonomy to maintain and expand their system without having a team of developers on speed dial or undergoing a crash course in coding to make the system foolproof and to avoid the all too common issues of duplicated or incomplete entries, I designed a front end layer that sat atop their Google Sheets database. This layer presented the data through custom charts, graphs, and calendars, effectively turning their data management into a visual experience. In the cherry on top, all of this was accessible not just from a website, but also from a mobile app. To better align with their specific requirements, I implemented a blend of both no-code and custom-coded solutions. This allowed for a more tailored system that could address their nuanced needs while maintaining the accessibility and ease of use that no-code platforms offer. The transformation we achieved was a meaningful change that helped streamline operations. The disorganized sea of spreadsheets they once had turned into a structured, automated system capable of scaling with their needs. Importantly, the hybrid solution, combining no-code with some custom-coded elements, empowered them to adapt and manage the system on their own. This wasn't just about creating a flashy solution for the moment. It was about building a sustainable tool that they could evolve with. As their business grows and changes, they now have the ability to make adjustments themselves, avoiding the need or expense of constant software developer intervention. This kind of self-sufficiency can be incredibly valuable for a growing business. And just to set the record straight, I have absolutely nothing against using Google Sheets. On the contrary, Google Sheets formed an integral part of the final architecture I deployed for this client. I took those existing Google Sheets and integrated them into a user-friendly front-end interface, allowing for more intuitive interaction with the data. Instead of staring at endless rows and columns, users could interact with a visual calendar or navigate a well-designed task list that feels more like using Asana, Google Calendar, or Trello. The beauty of this approach is that it doesn't lock you out of the Google Sheets backend. If you prefer the spreadsheet view for certain tasks, you can switch back and forth with any changes made on the Google Sheet automatically updating on the front-end application. The system was equipped with an array of smart features like data validation algorithms that ensure accuracy, automated workflows to streamline repetitive processes, and alert mechanisms that flag any irregularities or discrepancies in the data. These alert systems were multimodal, capable of sending out text messages or emails whenever something needed immediate attention. Essentially, the system acted as an extra set of eyes, reducing the margin for error and acting as an additional layer of security. What we implemented here isn't just a one-off solution for them. It's a scalable approach that can bring transformative benefits to many other businesses looking to modernize and make their operations more efficient. But let's not forget that no-code systems, as wonderful as they are, have a certain lifespan, particularly if your business is on an upward growth trajectory. There will come a point, especially as your business scales and your needs become more complex, when you'll likely outgrow the no-code model. You'll start feeling the limitations and will crave highly specialized features that address the unique challenges and opportunities of your business. This is when a transition to a custom-built application becomes not just desirable, but perhaps necessary. The good news is that, by this point, you'll probably have a more substantial budget to allocate toward development. Even more importantly, you'll have gained invaluable insights into what you truly need from your application.
you'll know its strengths, its weaknesses, and have a wish list of features that you know will be indispensable. A no-code system serves as a fantastic training ground, letting you experiment and identify what works and what doesn't, setting you up for a more informed transition to a fully custom-built solution. So while you're using your no-code app, keep an ongoing list of the features you find most useful, as well as those nice-to-haves that you'll want to prioritize when the time comes for a custom build. So yes, custom-coded software has its merits, offering a tailored, high-precision solution to your unique challenges. However, there are instances where no-code platforms not only meet your needs but also align well with your budget constraints. That's the focus today, diving deep into the world of no-code solutions and figuring out how to best harness this technology for your business needs. Think of it like Squarespace or Wix, but on a whole new level. Instead of just helping you build a pretty website, no-code platforms enable you to construct a full-blown web app. Imagine creating something that can automatically send invoices, serve as a secure client portal, host online classes, send texts to your customers, and manage a complex database. For the small business owners, freelancers, and startups among us, this is a game-changer. Gone are the days when you had to shell out a ton of cash just to validate a business idea or automate a basic process. But I don't want to sugarcoat this. No-code solutions, while less technical than fully coded apps, aren't exactly a stroll in the park. Contrary to the enticing ads from no-code companies that suggest you can whip up an app as easily as you can make a cup of coffee, the reality is often a bit more nuanced. It is very similar to the situation with website builders like Wix and Squarespace. They lure you in with the promise of creating a slick, professional website in a snap. But let's not kid ourselves. Once you dive into it, you're not just placing blocks on the screen. You're considering mobile responsiveness, SEO optimization, visual aesthetics, and a laundry list of other details. It's akin to buying a piece of easy-to-assemble furniture, only to find out that you have 55 screws, 55 washers, 5 different Allen wrenches, and a 155-page instruction manual to go through. I've had my fair share of clients who initially wanted to conquer their Squarespace or Wix websites alone, without a developer, but they reached a point where they were tangled in an intricate web of choices and configurations. That's often when they realize that maybe calling in someone like me for backup might not be such a bad idea. So, if you find that these so-called easy-to-use platforms aren't as straightforward as you'd hoped, don't worry, you're far from alone. But that's not to say that you have to hire a developer. There's plenty of people who have figured out Squarespace without hiring a professional, and there's plenty of people who can create a no-code app entirely by themselves. But I will warn you, it is not as easy as making a cup of coffee. Bottom line? No-code platforms will save you from coding, but not from learning. You'll still need time and effort to understand how to tailor the platform to your needs. In other words, you might not need to be a software developer to get started, but you definitely need a commitment to learning and problem-solving to make it work effectively for you. And since we're on this subject, there's absolutely no shame in reaching out for professional help. Hiring a seasoned developer to lay the groundwork for your no-code application might actually be a good investment in the long run. Bringing in a developer at the initial stages could set you on the path to smooth sailing, empowering you to take the reins with confidence once the complexities have been ironed out. Alright, without further ado, let's dive into some actual no-code solutions that could be a good fit for your company. Let's kick off the list with a good beginner-friendly option, Softer. This platform can take your Google Sheets or Airtable data and transform it into your very own web and mobile app. Plug in your ingredients, and they come out as an app. It's got templates ready to go, whether you're looking to set up a client portal or launch a website for your next best-selling online course. Some pros, Softer is beginner-friendly, and they've got pre-built blocks. Think lists, charts, forms, tables, and calendars. It also integrates well with Zapier or OpenAI, so you can have your own ChatGPT or Dolly image generator built right into your app. 
but no platform is perfect. While software does a lot, it is not your go-to for heavy customization or for diving into the nitty-gritty world of custom code. You can create a mobile app that can be saved onto an iPhone or Android by creating a Safari shortcut, but there is no direct support for iOS and Android stores. Next, we've got Glide. Glide is the fairy godparent of turning your Google Sheets into mobile apps. Over 85,000 apps have been created with this platform, including big players like Grubhub. The pros and cons with Glide are pretty similar to Softer. Glide has an intuitive interface, low learning curve, and both free and paid tiers for all you bargain hunters out there. The cons? Limited flexibility for complex apps. And sorry, again, no direct support for iOS and Android stores. Softer and Glide are pretty comparable beginner choices. So let's do a quick comparison of the two. As far as data sources go, Glide loves spreadsheets. It works with Airtable, Google Sheets, and Excel. Softer only works with Airtable and Google Sheets, but they may expand on that in the future. For payment integration, software works with Stripe, PayPal, Hotjar, and even Buy Me a Coffee. Glide keeps it pretty simple, but recent updates have expanded integration options, and Glide may continue to add more. Glide has the ability to create very aesthetic, responsive applications. Softer offers much less customization for mobile responsiveness, but it will still likely look good. Glide has more template choices than Softer, but the choices Softer does offer are all high quality. They specialize in client portals and internal tools. Let's talk security. Glide is really good at security, depending on what you want your app to do, and especially if it involves payment and sensitive information. Security has to be a really important focus. Glide apps are pretty safe and secure. Glide published a video discussing their security measures not that long ago, so feel free to check it out if you want to learn more about how secure your Glide app will be. The video will also be linked in our show notes on our website, curieann.co. This can also be found in the podcast description. There isn't actually much documentation available on software's security aspects, but as of now, there aren't any major red flags. Another winning point for Glide is its form creation tools. It does a great job of offering options for creating custom forms. There are even quite a few form templates available that could help you. Softer's forms aren't as aesthetically pleasing as Glide ones, and there are fewer personalization options, but Softer and Glide are both pretty straightforward for a no-code platform. While less personalization options may seem like a con, it can be a pro if you're wanting to avoid decision fatigue and not get distracted by a sea of choices. So, Softer versus Glide, who wins? It all depends on perspective and needs. If you're looking for an app that integrates with many different tools, you might want to go with Softer. However, if you want an app that's super aesthetically pleasing and has more opportunities for custom code, go with Glide. All right, let's move on to another multifaceted player in the app building game, Adalo. Think of Adalo as your Swiss army knife. Versatile, flexible, and up for more intricate challenges. If you've ever heard of the holistic health app, Chara, or the serene meditation and journaling app, Joy Blossom, those are both brain children of Adalo. Pros, pre-made components and a wide range of integrations. Cons, there's a bit of a learning curve and longer build times if you're diving into more complex apps. Now, if you're ready to move into full-on app wizardry, we can't overlook Bubble. You've got a visual editor for interface design, custom workflows, built-in databases, and you can even put together your own user management and authentication tools. It's like the Swiss Army knife got an upgrade. Plus, there's a plug-in marketplace and third-party integrations like Google, MailChimp, and Stripe. And if you're feeling fancy, you can inject some JavaScript, HTML, or CSS to spice things up. So, Adalo versus Bubble, which one's better? In terms of customization and flexibility, Bubble nudges ahead a bit. 
and all is great for those who prefer to keep things simple with pre-built components. But if you're itching for complex logic and custom actions, Bubbles are go-to. But what about the learning curve? Adalo is more beginner-friendly with its drag-and-drop approach. Bubble might take you a minute to get used to, but there's plenty of documentation and a supportive community to help you learn the ropes. All in all, both platforms are very comparable and they have their pros and cons. It all depends on your needs and how deep you want to dive into the app-building ocean. Lastly, if you're ready to take the leap into the deep end, there's Flutterflow. Flutterflow lets you go native, creating apps that you can actually publish on iOS and Android stores. You've got room for high customization, deep API integrations, and you can inject your own code if you want to get fancy. Pros, the sky's the limit, native app development, extreme customization, and the option to add your own code. Cons, this one's not for the faint of heart. You'll need to navigate a higher learning curve and bring some tech knowledge to the table. So, how do you choose your knight in shining armor among these builders? Consider your skill level, the complexity of your app, and whether or not you need it to be native. Native means it will have an app available in the App Store. Each platform shines in its own way, so go with what aligns best with your goals and, you know, your dreams. I know that was a lot of info, but all of the links are available online at curieann.co. We didn't talk about every single no-code option out there, but no one wants this episode to be 55 hours long. But follow at Kiri and Co on Instagram or follow me on Medium at Hello It's Mia. I will post more information on no-code app builders and pros and cons, and maybe some tutorials coming up in the future. If you have any questions, feel free to send me a message through our website or on social media. Now I'm going to turn it over to Ethan for the tech news. Hey everyone. Welcome back to your weekly tech wrap-up with Ethan. This week, rather than talking about yet another tool recommendation, we're just jumping straight into the news. It's Tuesday, October 2nd. Here's the tech news you should know going into this week. First off, if you're in the United States, your phone alarm will go off tomorrow, but don't worry, it won't wake you up. Tomorrow afternoon, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, aka FEMA, will conduct a nationwide test of its emergency alert system. If you've ever received an amber alert on your phone, it's the same system. At 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time, you'll hear that familiar noise again, but please remain calm, it's just a test. Moving on, the Federal Trade Commission has sued Amazon, accusing the company of using anti-competitive practices to establish a monopoly in the online commerce market. The FTC alleges that Amazon retaliates against sellers who use platforms other than Amazon, imposes predatory fees, and manipulates its search system to unfairly favor its own products and paid advertisements. Amazon disagrees and countered with a warning that if the FTC wins the case, prices for shoppers may go up and quality could decline. In other legal news, Walgreens is facing a significant breach of contract lawsuit over its failed rollout of high-tech cooler display doors. These doors, made by cooler screens, were meant to replace traditional glass panes with screens displaying digital product images and ads throughout the store. While Walgreens claims they terminated the contract due to safety and performance concerns, cooler screens has directly countered that with the claim that, quote, Walgreens is trying to deflect attention from its poor retail performance by falsely blaming others for its problems and poor stock performance. Should they win, Cooler Screens is asking for up to $200 million in damages. On a lighter note, starting this month, Reddit may allow you to turn your Reddit karma into cash. Reddit plans to reward high-performing accounts in the U.S. based on the Reddit gold received. It's a 50 over 50 split. For each Reddit gold a post receives, Reddit and the original poster will each get $1. However, whether this change will improve the platform is a topic of debate, with some fearing it might lead to a decrease in post quality and an increase in engagement farming or clickbait. Finally, OpenAI recently announced the upcoming launch of their next image generation model, Dolly 3, starting this month. Users with ChatGPT Plus and ChatGPT Enterprise subscriptions will be able to experiment with both the Dolly 3 model 
and its new integration with ChatGPT. OpenAI aims to create a seamless transition between text and image generation using these tools. That's it for this week's Tech Wrap-Up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Technically a Podcast. You might be wondering, this episode came out on a Tuesday instead of a Monday. We received some feedback that a lot of people work from home on Mondays and Fridays, and releasing it on Tuesday allows them to listen to it while they walk to their office. So this changes for you, Mike. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We'll be talking about freelancing and how to get started on the platform Upwork. See you next week.